From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Before we start today's regularly scheduled program, I would like to thank Phil Thompson for becoming a new patron of the show. Thank you, Phil, for supporting the blasphemy. You too can be immortalized in BSW history by going to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and signing up to be a supporter of the show. That being said, I would like to state that Steve Irwin is greater than Jesus. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is Christian author and professor of theology, Richard Rains. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Tell us a little bit about this book of yours, uh, Washington, uh, Finding Washington. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, um, a little backstory. I'll try not to uh, take too much time telling the story, but um, throughout my entire career, I've I've written exclusively to the Christian community. Mm. Um, I wrote a newspaper column for years, uh, done a lot of freelance writing. And so um, after the presidential primaries in 2016, um, after the Republican and Democrat primaries, I looked at my wife and I said, we do not have a candidate that reflects our values. And I was... Um, I've served in politics before, and so I understand politics, and and I just I just got fed up with having to go to the polls and choose uh, the lesser of of two evils. And <clears throat> I tell people all the time that in the book Finding Washington, hmm. um, I am an equal opportunity offender because I make the statement that in 2016 I felt like I had the choice between the worst presidential candidate of my lifetime hmm. or the second worst presidential candidate of my <laughs> lifetime. And so, um, so I had a decision to make, um, am I going to write a book about the cultural problems that we have hmm. and address it to the church, or am I going to write a book and address it to a secular audience? And so I, I did what everyone recommended not do. And I split the difference and said, okay, I'm going to write to everyone and I'm not going to shy away from my Christian faith. Talk about Jesus in the book. Hmm. Actually, I have a section in the book, Why Not Jesus? Why am I talking about George Washington? Why not Jesus? Hmm. But so the premise of the book is um, I wanted to find someone in American history that reflected the the virtues that I think reflect traditional American virtues and virtues that we need to um, reclaim as a culture. Hmm. And so uh, George Washington was where I landed. Um uh, and so in the book, I tell historical stories from George Washington's life, very interesting, fascinating stories, many stories that most of us, even me as a historian, had never really heard before. I'm a church historian. I'm, I'm not an American historian, but there's some overlap. Yeah. And uh, so I tell stories from George Washington's life. 
and then I highlight virtues that he displayed in those historical moments, and then uh, make as strong a case as I can for why we need a revival of those virtues in our culture. And so that's the book, uh, not a very long book. I try to make it short enough so mm-hmm. that um, someone could sit down, and uh, if you went to public schools like me, it probably takes you a little longer to read it, maybe read it in a couple of days. <laughs> and um, But um, uh, we've had tremendous response from the book. Um, we've been in the Amazon Top 100 uh, twice. Nice. Uh, actually, this week it got it got to 300, which if you've ever written a book, you know that's kind of what you watch um, because you don't see actual sales numbers until you know months later. Um, mm-hmm. But um, in the book, I give my email address. It's richard at findingwashington.com where people can, who, who read the book can email me and we can have a discussion about these things. And I've uh, been getting emails and uh, not as many as mm. I would like because I want, you know, I want everyone to email me. But of course, most people don't. But I, I've gotten a lot of emails. And uh, really, I'm just trying to start a conversation about the, the challenges we have in our culture. We are mm. over sexualized, we're violent, we're narcissistic, and it is on display in almost every aspect of our culture. So uh, that's Finding Washington. And the subtitle, by the way, is Finding mm. Washington. Why America needs to rediscover the virtues of our most essential founding father. Hmm. Thank you for that. So these these virtues, these these uh, old American virtues. Um, can you describe a few of them, or, or just name off a couple? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I hope I can. I just wrote a book about <laughs> it, right? So, right. Um, so first of all, let's define virtue. Virtue, mm-hmm. the way I define it, is an mm-hmm. expression of morality. So. Um, a virtue is not something you believe. A virtue is something you express, right? So people can see your virtue. And so the ones that I highlight in the book um, mm. that George Washington expressed regularly, uh, integrity, uh, servant leadership, um, compassion, um, conviction, inspiration, hope, empathy. Uh, those are some of the ones that I really empathy. encourage, of course. Um, that that Washington really really displayed in his his lifetime. Gotcha. And these are you find these to be biblical values as well. Certainly, that's that's a really good question. Um, and I think that is that is a discussion that I would like to naturally follow the book, right? Mm. So um, the fruit of the spirit, right? The singular fruit mm-hmm. of the spirit is be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind to good and full of faith and self-controlled and gentle, right? That's one fruit. You bite into a spiritual fruit, that's what you get, right? That is the fruit of the spirit. And so I would say that, yes, that these virtues um, Hmm. can be found very easily um, in the biblical literature, certainly as part of the fruit of the spirit. I think that, that when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus, you certainly see integrity right? You see compassion, you see servant Mm -hmm. leadership. Uh, The kingdom of God is an inverted paradigm, right? If you want to live, you got to die, right? That sort of thing. And so servant leadership. So absolutely. um, These are, I believe, to be biblical virtues, further fruit of the spirit. Gotcha. So Jesus as a uh, uh, historical being person, um, a lot of the things in the Bible that, that like the good things that Jesus said, a lot of those come from previous gurus or, or or spiritual men or or other religions um love your neighbor for instance that 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 
goes way back, way before Jesus. Um, so, I mean, as far as those those particular things, is there anything else? Like specifically, what what do you find so virtuous about Jesus? What do I find virtuous about Jesus? Hmm. Well, you know, for, there's that's a that's a historical question and it's a theological question, right? Hmm. And so I would blend the two, and I would say that what Jesus reflected theologically, according to what we read in the New Testament, is uh, the 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 image of the eternal God. And so, so he reflected um, he reflected the, the that's right the divine nature. Um, of the same divine substance, right? So he didn't just reflect it like a mirror. He reflected it as a, as of the same divine substance. And so I find, um, you know, I find in Jesus what I, what is so um, sort of interesting to me just from a, you know, take the religious aspect out of it was that um, Jesus reflected perfect virtue and he reflected perfect morality. Which comes um, from in Yahweh. Fact, the Bible says that he didn't sin. Beg your pardon? Which comes from Yahweh. The the all that Which perfect morality. From, so when you so let's be clear, mm-hmm. when we say comes from Yahweh, so when you think about God, so so as a Christian, when a Christian thinks about God, um, when we say the word God, we we think about God in terms of Trinity. Uh-huh. Eternal Father, Eternal Son, and Eternal Holy Spirit. So there was never a time when the Son was not all the same part person. of that divine substance. That's right. So yes, from Yahweh, but Yahweh Himself expressed as a human in the in, in the flesh. So I'm I'm splitting hairs here because I'm a yeah, theologian. You're good. Professor. You're good. <laughs> you, <laughs> I love it. Man. You know what it. I mean? Yeah. So I just want to make sure that. That, exactly. Um, I, yeah. I just want to make sure as well, because like what I'm thinking of, you, you mentioned the fruits of the spirit and uh, it's patient, self-control and gentle. A couple of them that I wrote down real quick. Um, and you're telling me that that's Jesus. But Jesus is a reflection of Yahweh. And what I see is a completely different being there that that acts a little bit differently, responds to things a little bit differently. Uh, Jesus is more uh, turn your turn the other cheek and Yahweh is more I'm going to slaughter your children. So there's a big difference there. Yeah, from I would right reject that characteristics. I would reject that. So here's here's another way of looking at that. I understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, and and I think that it's very easy if you read through the 66 books that that we call the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's it's easy to say there is an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. I think it's easy to say that. But but what what you're forgetting, not you forgetting, but I think what people miss is that that what we believe about God is we believe that God is love, mm-hmm. right? That's what Jesus said. God is love. Not that he does love, even though he does, but he is love. Love is a part of his essential nature, but God is also just, right? Mm. And so if God punishes sin for whatever reason, um, or if God chooses to act, then it is an act of justice. Um, and and mm. so if if God acts justly, and then God, God also loves, that doesn't mean there's two different gods, or that doesn't mean God has decided to reflect himself differently under different circumstances. That just means that that we are seeing sort of all of those sides, because we know, even from the New Testament, mm-hmm. um, the God of justice that you see on display uh, in the Old Testament um, will certainly, it hasn't gone anywhere, because there will be 
there will be a reckoning and a, a judgment of of the unrighteous in so the eschaton. There, That's what we call the, the last thing. Is thank you for that. Is is there a spot in there where Jesus talks about slaughtering children? Or is it just Yahweh that talks about it? So um tell me what you're referring to when you say slaughtering today, children. Today today I was just kind of <clears throat> perusing through and I happened upon Hosea 13, uh, another interesting Bible verse. Um, where Yahweh is very upset at the people for worshiping another god. He says they made idols, they even kissed a calf, uh, they offered human sacrifices, uh, they made fashioned images. He said they were pretty good. Um, you shall not acknowledge no other gods, no other savior except me. So he gets really mad. Verse 8, uh, I will attack them and rip them open like a lion. I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. You are destroyed, Israel, because you are against me, against your helper. Later on, verse 14, I will have no compassion. And then 16 completes the ensemble. He says, the people of Samaria must bear their guilt because they have rebelled against their God. They will fall by the sword. Their little ones will be dashed to the ground and their pregnant women ripped open. This doesn't sound like any language coming from Jesus. I can't recall a situation besides where he wants to throw the atheists in hell, uh, where he wants to, where he says stuff like this. That's pretty graphic and and, and violent um, for a God it who's love is, and just. And it's a well, so and it's a it's a prophetic statement, right? It's a it's a hyperbolic prophetic statement. Do is, prophecies is not come have. true in the Bible? Are the yeah. prophecies that spoken by God not fulfilled? Some have been fulfilled. Most, you know, there's a lot of unfulfilled prophecy for did, sure. Did this one come I to pass? That, beg your pardon? Did, did this one come into pass? That's a good question. I'm not a biblical prophecy expert. I mm -hmm. don't know. But I think that if, if the case that's trying to be made is that God is somehow unjust, right? Well, um, okay. It would be, it would be a difficult case to make very easy if you're compared it's very easy well, it's pretty easy actually to, to think to, to make the case that he's unjust he goes through and he kills their kids he slaughters their children he rips open the the bellies of pregnant women there's no reason for that that's above and beyond that's beyond ridiculous at that point i'm not just going to slaughter the people who are committing these sins i'm going to slaughter the children as well i'm going to dash them against the rocks like, well, he has another army do it. He sends that army. But I mean, just like, that's so horrible. Could you imagine Jesus being like, you know what? You didn't listen to me. I'm going to send somebody to dash your babies against rocks. And it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be just. I, I can't see a situation where that actually makes sense. So I think that part of the, the question to ask, right? So is in, in terms of, in terms of the, the story that the Bible tells in mm -hmm. terms of the, the biblical, the biblical story, right? Um, what we know about God, right? Is that God is all those things that we talk about, all powerful, you know, omniscient, omnipresent, those things. And God is, God is perfect and mm. just. Mm. And so as a perfect and a just God, God reserves the right to to execute judgment in a way that that he sees fit that doesn't mean he's not loving uh, that means that he is the only being in the universe that has the authority not just the authority but has the the right to mm. do that and so 
And so if I think that God is unjust, then that is certainly my prerogative to think that God is unjust. But just because I think God is unjust doesn't mean that he is. It means that I have a limited perspective. Well, I mean, let's let's make it very level for both of us. Let's make it a human experiment. Would you lash out in this way? Would you decide to rip open the bellies and, and bash the kids? Would would you do that, or would you decide to do something else? I don't know, especially if you had all the power in the world. Well, I I don't have the right to do that. I don't I don't have the the authority. If, if to you do were that. God, I don't have the either the moral authority. Well, you can't say that. I'm I'm not God, and I'm not going to put myself in that position mm-hmm. to say that I am God because just because I know quite a bit about God doesn't mean I know the mind of God perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would not pretend to put myself in that in that situation. Um, but I would say that very well. So as a, as a normal so human being with a rational I've heard other people, brain, I've heard other people try to make the case, particularly when, you know, the abortion debate kind of ramps up, people make this. Mm. Um, there's a lot about. So what you're reading when you read the Old Testament is you're reading an ancient language translated into English and you're reading from, you know, from thousands of years ago. And there are a lot of people that bring this up. They say, see, God, God supports abortion because he wants to dash little ones. Um, but there is other instances in the Bible where God proclaims judgment. He, he says, I just want to do X, Y, and Z. But people return to the Lord and he does not. And so we don't have any indication in the Bible that what he says here, he gotcha. is. So, so you're saying he didn't do it you could say is You could say that God made that statement. God said, I'm going to do this, right? But you can't say he did that. But my position is um, because he's God and because he's the author of the universe, Uh he has the right to do as a sovereign ruler what he wills, whether I think it's just or not. Hmm. Can you think of a situation where it would be beneficial to dash a child against a rock? No, me neither. But I don't have, you know, that's not something that's that I would do, and that's not something that hmm. I would consider under any circumstance would be appropriate to do. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that 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 statement is something God did. Well, besides that, we we, we can go right to the flood. He did that. He drowned every child on the planet. He drowned every pregnant woman. He destroyed so what is all your, the fetuses all at once. Just so saying. Is your position mm. is your position that that the God of the Bible is an unjust God. Is that your position? Pretty much, yeah. Or I is mean, this a devil's advocate? I haven't what, seen what a good. Position? I haven't seen a good justification for his actions, such as the slaughtering of children. I haven't seen a good justification for pretty much most of his actions in the Bible um, from beginning to end, even the Jesus part. I just, I do not see good reason to, to need bloodshed for forgiveness. It just, it does not register with me. It just makes no sense. And this guy is the basis of morality. I I can tell you right now, it's not a good thing to have somebody shed blood just so I can forgive you. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially if I'm an all powerful, all knowing being that just doesn't add up for me. So that's, that's where I stand on that. So yeah, unjust. I, I still haven't seen good reason. You you don't have you don't know. You just say, well, God knows, and that's the end of it. But 
that just doesn't cut it for me. I mean, th this is at the slaughtering of children at this point. We've got drowning children. He starves children later on. I mean, there's, there's lots of different things he does that are just, to me, immoral, just absurd. Half of it is a lot of the things he does, like when the golden calf thing, the whole story of the golden calf, when he comes back down, he has them strap swords to their sides and run through each other. Why? What? Because you're mad they had a golden calf? So everybody's got to slaughter each other by... It's so weird. There's just a lot of things. I just don't see the justification for it. And when those too many things add up, I just... I That doesn't make any sense. There's no justification for that. And and I still can't find but any good then, justification, especially. Well, go ahead, what sorry. then do you? What then do you believe? Such as like the Bible, I don't believe the Bible. No. What What do you believe? What is so? What What do you believe about about your spiritual condition? Hmm. What do you believe? How if that spiritual condition is somehow broken or fallen, how then is that repaired? What do you believe ah, about that? I don't believe in spirits. No ghosts, no uh, gods, none of that. I, I don't see any evidence for any of that or justification to believe any of that. Uh, and that's half the reason for the podcast is to find out why you justify it. I want to know, how does it work for you? Because it doesn't work for okay. me. So that, Okay, so there's, there's a lot of questions there then. So I think that the reason I'm asking those questions is because I'm trying to find out if, if you're just kind of on the bandwagon of... Hmm of beating up on Christianity because it's a big target, or if you somehow are, um, you reject theism sort of wholesale. Like really, I'm trying to find out the- uh, A title, the I will give myself foundation. the title of agnostic atheist. I grew up in the church, I read the Bible, I discarded it as reality. I am an agnostic atheist. I don't know, but I haven't seen, so I'm gonna say no. That's where okay. I'm at. So what would it take for you then? I don't know, but God knows, and he hasn't done it. So back to the flood, though. Um, I, I want to know the justification. I, is there, like, for that instance, there's a lot of them. We can go to a lot of them, but it's kind of like the flood's a big one. So what is the justification for for slaughtering all those children, drowning them? Puppies and the kittens. So is that the, so it's just children. So the reason I'm asking that is because- And puppies and kittens. argument. And the puppies. the argument that you're making. Yeah. Well, you're making an emotional argument and not empathy. You're trying I'm to using make an my empathy argument, but you're not. You're making an emotional argument, and it's okay. It's Empathetic, man. That you're that. So it's it's the extreme argument, and it's it's framed in language to try to give you a not just you personally, but to give somebody that argues this way to give them seemingly a moral advantage over whomever would answer you. i'm using my simplest ways i can think about it that's what i'm using a simple very simple but when it boils down to child well, killing it wasn't <clears> just <throat> it wasn't just children that died it wasn't like right all i said the puppies and cats in the ark and only children died right so so to be clear what the flood was according to the bible was the mm -hmm. flood was judgment for sin okay. that's as that's as, as simple of answers i could possibly give you so that justifies a, a family that was a righteous family, and he saved that righteous family. And were they, though? It's, it's, beg your pardon? I said, were they, though? I mean, Noah was a drunk, and then his son saw him naked, and they had to cast him out. And so, you're, you're, so what, then, is your definition of righteous? Okay, well, I well right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, righteousness is not drowning children, puppies, and kittens. I added but the puppies and kittens. Is just so you... What is it? righteousness I, I don't really know if i'd have a definition for righteousness well you can't do that you can't such just a weird say word though. not you can't just take the can't just take the position okay righteousness would be good good would be doing less harm 
good would be good in terms of what good doing good less defined by what doing less harm sorry is there a cut back here is that it no doing less harm oh, uh, i'm so sorry there's a there's no a you're lag good you're good my... it's okay it's okay <laughs> that's what happens you're way so out of florida good man for me. so define good for me good is beneficial beneficial to the individual and the masses something that does less harm good beneficial to everybody or beneficial just to the individual individual and the masses something that's so beneficial how do you measure good so how do you measure as doing good? less harm doing less harm and that's beneficial if it does less harm and it's more beneficial less harm than it's what? good let's what do you mean harm? less harm than what and beneficial by what standard is what i'm asking how, how what's your measuring rod for good do i just doing less harm and beneficial that would be good for me I think that is good. So, Something that is beneficial okay. to society. So if I, an so individual. If I, okay. So I have five children. Uh -huh. If I slap all the children with varying degrees of intensity, I have I have done less harm except for number five. So how about you don't slap at all? That's one of the, the options. Four? Did you know that? That's an option. I'm so sorry, what'd you say? That's an option. Don't slap is an option. So you've got five different kinds of slaps. Forget the slaps. Okay, but you said option, less harm. And option so number 12 do is, is don't do it. That would be I'm less harm, right? Out. Which one would be less I'm harm? I'm trying to find out what you, what Holy you, so. Richard, what so would I, be less harm? Hold on, Richard, hold on, hold on. What would be less harm, Richard? Slapping somebody or not slapping somebody? Well, that's what I'm asking you. Well, because obviously what not slapping you, somebody. Okay, so, but that's not what you said. You said less harm, not no harm, right? So I'm what I'm trying to find the yeah, least amount of harm. If we, if we have what, to slap somebody, let's do it the least amount of the so pressure. If we have to. Ultimate, what is your ultimate rule for what is good? Is it what you believe or is it what somebody else believes? Or what is what is your rule for good? Because what you're doing is you're saying, I think God is bad based on. Because he slaughters children. We can both say good. that things are bad when they when they slaughter children. If a hero comes around slaughtering children, he's the bad guy. He's not the good guy. In no situation does the person slaughtering children end up as the good guy. It just it's not rational, right? Okay. And so for my, my question, good. I'm telling you, good man. Whatever does the least amount of harm. If it does, if we but, have to slap somebody, you an let's example. do the least amount I gave of harm you an slapping somebody. Of me doing less harm, and you said, well, no harm. And so, what? What would be the least amount of harm, saying. Richard? What so, would be the least so amount of harm? <laughs> is it is it fair to say is it fair to say that your definition of good is whatever you think is good stop making okay yes subjective but also objective because it has to benefit society it can't just be me okay. i want all the candy so now, for myself that doesn't benefit so anybody. now we're getting somewhere now we're there, getting Richard. somewhere right so you just want the so word subjective objective that's what you want that's what you want. Yes, my morality is subjective. It is. It comes from my own experiences. Well, then whose morality is right? And the city around if me. Morality Again, is the one that does less harm. The one that does okay, less so harm. So you just said the your morality is subjective. Harm. This is this is really tough because there's a lag on my end. I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't want, I don't want to ruin this for your for You're your listeners. Great. But, okay, so let's back up. Let's back up. So. So you just said that your morality is subjective. Now, that's that's the way I would define most people's morality. Right. And there's a problem with that. Why? The problem with that is if morality is subjective, then I get to say what's good for me and you get to say what's good for you. You get to say 
not slapping kids is the ultimate good. And I get to say, well, I didn't slap them that hard. That's the ultimate good. And so the point that I'm trying to make for you mm-hmm. is that you are looking back in history, fair or not, I'm not making a judgment call. I'm just saying from my perspective, what you're mm-hmm. doing is you're looking back on the story and you're saying, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad, that's right. bad. Why am I bad. saying it's bad though, Richard? Well, well I'm getting to that. I'm, I'm getting to that. And so, and so someone else could look at that same list and they could say, well, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad because what you're doing is you're viewing right, scripture but does it from do more harm? the position of a subjective morality. But does and it do more not... harm, Richard? It's very simple. It's very simple. If it does more harm, we won't do it. If it does less harm and we have to do it, we'll do the one with the least harm, right? The one with the least amount of harm. That's what we're going to do. Would you Would you agree that we want to do the least amount of harm as possible? Would you agree that's a good thing? Well, I think that I understand what you're saying. And that's I don't, don't want to. No, it's not. I, I know what you're saying. Why would so, you want to cause instance, harm, Richard? We'll take, we'll take corporal punishment for a minute. So I would rather take a belt and spank my son than my son grow to be a liar. I have, I have done harm to my son, not less harm to my son. So I understand your point. But I just you're, I'm trying are you to make drowning sure your son for you being a liar for sinning? Are you drowning him? Do you think that's a good idea? Well, that's that's the point that I'm trying to make with you about the ultimate good. You are judging God by your moral standard. And, and yours. so from from a biblical perspective, what the Christian church and what you know five thousand years of Judaism teach us about God is that God is God is perfect, perfect in morality. Perfect Where do you see in, perfection? In every way. Let's and go with so, that. Where do you see if, it? Wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish what I'm saying. Go ahead. And so, if God decides to judge, yeah, it, he is. He stands alone in the universe as as right. the being worthy to make those decisions. Yeah, I totally so understand the, the to concept say, of that. For you to say, I would never do that, sense. and you would never do that. Well, you wouldn't, because first of all. You don't have the moral or the majestic authority to do something like that. And so um, if you're looking for an answer, that's it. Even if you don't like it, that's the answer. God is God and God is sovereign. That's that's the answer. Now, even if you don't like it, that's the answer. Even if you disagree with it, that's the answer. Even if you say, well, I would never do that. Well, then what you are essentially saying, whether you mean to or not, is that I am more moral than God. And that's your 100%. Right one hundred percent. I would just dis- I would disagree with that, but I, you can certainly. Richard, would you, you drown about. kids because they worship somebody else or they sinned against you? Would you? So it's. Would I'm you so drown a child? Would yeah? Sorry, would you drown a child if they sinned against you or made you or did something wronged you? No. Would you? Right. Why? Why would you not? Because I don't have the authority or the the moral. Like first of all, that's, that's no Richard. Murder. The answer I'm looking God for is not there it is. There I mean, it is. God it's because it's wrong. Murder that would be murder. It's wrong, right? It'd certainly I, be wrong. If you did it out of a jealous rage, that would be wrong. Correct? It certainly would. So because God says not to do that. So why can God do it? Why can God kill out because of jealousy? God is the only being in the universe. He created you. If He decided to to you, give you wings so that you could fly, it's within His prerogative <clears> to do it. 
If God decided to give you cancer to punish you for something, then he could. If God decided you to heal you from that cancer because he loves you, then he could do that. I'm telling you that God is the ultimate moral authority. And as the sovereign moral authority, then it is within his prerogative to act as he wills. Now, does what God, we see, we don't just see the flood. Does God we don't give, just see this one random prophecy. What we see, what we really see is you want to just focus on these few things. But what we really see is we see that God looks at the, the state of humanity and God says they need something that they can't do for themselves. And so God became a human, lived a perfect life, gave his life. And then rose again and now invites every human on the planet to simply believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead to, to embrace evidence. him and, and live the life that he created you to live. Hebrews 9, 22, without, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's, that's, that's right. why that, that's weird. That's really weird. You're what telling you me he's perfect. Sure. Yeah. Is it for you? Do you offer a sacrifice or need bloodshed to forgive people, or can they just ask for forgiveness? And you're like, okay, I don't have to because the ultimate sacrifice has been made in Jesus. His blood was shed. So before that, you were before Jesus, you weren't able to forgive people normally, like a normal, rational human being. Me personally, yeah, yeah. But we're talking two different things. I'm not talking about me forgiving other people. I'm talking about me being. That's what I'm talking about. Is you. Can you personally forgive somebody without having them shed blood somewhere? Can you do it? Yeah, but I don't understand your point. Can can God do it? Can God forgive you without bloodshed? Is he able to accept your apology without any kind of blood being shed? Whether he is able to or not is not the question, really. It's definitely whether the question. Or not he, whether, definitely. Well, no, it's not. It's the, the question is not whether he's able to. That's a question of his power. The real question I think you're asking is, why would God devise a system like that? No, I'm asking you, can he? Or is he able to? Can he physically well, do he it? he didn't. Well, he didn't. Can he? Is he able? Is it not within his power to forgive people? Does he have the power people? to do it? Yeah. Does he have the power to forgive people without bloodshed? Can he do that? If he decided to do that, then yes, he could. But the system that God designed for humanity... Is, is the, the slaughter of, of the innocent. He wants the slaughter of the innocent. He can't forgive you unless somebody or something innocent is killed to him. Holy cow. So what he did was he took on the form of flesh and he gave his life so that no more <laughs> innocent himself. would have to die. To himself. Or, he appeased his own bloodlust with his own body. Exa- not his bloodlust. I wouldn't call it bloodlust. Of course you wouldn't. But he certainly bloodlust. appeased. He, I'm so sorry. What? No, of course you wouldn't call it bloodlust. No, no, of course. <laughs> yeah, he appeased his his vengeance, his, his need it's, for it's that. It's doubtful that you and I are gonna. It's doubtful that you and I are gonna come to any sort of agreement on this. I'm sure you've had this conversation a, a million different times, and it's, um, you know, I've, I've I've debated people through the years, and it's, um, it's really the the same argument, um, that you're making that I've heard, you know, a number of times, and the argument is, <laughs> I think God is a certain way based on my perception of either morality or reality or whatever this book and, based on what's written in this book that's what i base it off of i read this well you're picking certain things out of the book for sure name me something you're good. not really looking at the entire story name me something Do you not good. think that it's i mean all right, so removing your hatred of christianity or whatever it is that you have, have or no. you're despising of the the judeo-christian <clears throat> 
values, whatever, whatever it is. So, so taking your personal feelings out of it, do you not find any sort of graciousness out of the fact that God took it upon himself to satisfy his own righteous requirements so that it could be easy for us to, to have eternal life? Just, just that, just no, that. I think it's pointless. Okay. I think it's hundred percent pointless. Some other, we should probably move on to some other, um, some other subject because I really don't, I really don't know what else I can say. Richard, the bloodshed is pointless. If he's able to forgive people without bloodshed, why would a loving, passionate, all-knowing God require bloodshed? That's so weird. What what hero? What good guy says I can't forgive you until you kill something that's innocent to me? That's what the bad guy. So God's says. a bad guy. So God is a bad guy. How is he a good guy? So who is the good guy then in your story? You? Uh, my story? I don't have a story. I didn't, I didn't write one yet, but that's a good idea. Well, this is your podcast. Sure, you got a story. So in this story, all you have is God is bad. That's all you have. So who's good? Like, who is the good? Who is who is the model that you look up to? Like, who is the, the, the model the, I look up the to? The epitome of morality and virtue that, that you say, no, that's the way God should be. So who is that? Well, I don't. I don't think a god should be anything. I don't. I don't think a god should be. I don't, I don't think in that those terms. Oh, don't um, say that because you certainly know what he should not be. Well, so as a character, have to have. as a character, right? Have. Okay, we can go to characters. So we go to Marvel universe. There's good guys and bad guys. Oh Spider Man. No, Spider Man no, is no, my no, thing. So would Spider Man no. need bloodshed <laughs> for forgiveness? Could you imagine? Spider Man's like, no, I'm going to forgive you. I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me. What historical figure or or um, always not a historical history figure. you can look to and say, man, God should be more like that. Oh, so Who okay, God should be more like Spider Man. That's not a real person, dude. How do you know he's not you, real? I've seen on, movies. On, don't give videos. up on me. Don't give come up on, on me. Oh, Richard, tell me Spider Man's no, not no. real. No, because you're giving up on me because you're so used to kind of just bullying with the story about killing children that you've never thought it through. No, you there's a million me, different things we can go through. <laughs> you tell, the only thing you said to me the whole podcast is God kills children. You're telling he's me he's good. You know, you've got 10 people that listen to your podcast that are going to say, that's right, he's bad. But I want you to tell me, <laughs> Richard, who are the people? Who's the person that you say, all right, if God is all bad, let's say that, I don't look that up the to Bible, people, Richard. People are disappointed. And the the God of the Bible is false <sighs> and horrible and angry. I want you to tell me who is the person that you can look to throughout history and you can say that person is who God should be. Tell me who that is. A good person. If you don't know, you don't know that's fine. Just a good person know. I can think of throughout history. One person that I I, I think is a is a is a good person would be Steve Irwin. I do believe that man was a good person. Better than God? 100%. You know why? He never <laughs> slaughtered kids, he never drowned children, he never threatened to okay. throw people in eternal hellfire. None of that. None of it. Okay. That is that's a very interesting answer. What else do would you like to talk about? Well, that was pretty much my thing on Steve Irwin there. So what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Who's more immoral, Steve Irwin if or God? You are happy with that answer. Then, uh, but you then I will to, let like, that stand as your answer. It's your answer. That's what, what I want do you to know have? What your answer is. So, <laughs> what do you got that? What, what, what rebuts it though? Like, what, what do you have? What do you think about my answer? I think it's ridiculous and disingenuous. Why is it ridiculous? Because you think Steve Irwin in the whole history of humanity is who you think is 
that's that's God. That's that's what you want God to be. A good person, I said. I don't I don't really care about these God things. That's just a character in a book. That's like, who do you want to be the new Captain America? I don't care. Well, I do a little bit, but that's beside the point because I like that story. But these are all fictional characters. And as far as real people go, I feel would be <laughs> a, an example of a good human being would be Steve Irwin. Another example, a good human being, if they even really existed, and then he just borrowed most of his stuff from Buddha. So Buddha Is was actually the think? good guy. Oh, dude. Do you know that you most of that no stuff comes from the other religions? You have no idea what you're talking about. Did you know that? Literally no idea what you're talking about. Most of the stuff we know about what Buddha said uh -huh. um, was written down thousands of years after Buddha lived. And the stuff we know about Jesus was written down within 30 years of his 30 life. 30 years. We have man. more copies of the New Testament. That than doesn't any make it other. true, though, Richard. Even if that was true, that doesn't make it well, that's true. That's how we determine whether ancient literature is true or not. Well, don't that's how we, there's a system designed for that. And not the characters a, written inside, though. Not the characters but written inside. You can't inside. get away with the fact that Jesus wasn't a historical person. He, uh, there's more debate us, but lived than you and I are talking on this podcast. There is not. It's. Well, there, there's a very short, about. it's a very short list, Richard. And a lot you of it is. You have no idea what is, you're talking about. Okay, it, that's fine. That's fine. That's out of fine. all the that's things all, we've said tonight, it's thing. all been that's theoretical, fine. right? But I'm telling you that to say that somehow Check. questioning the historicity of Jesus reflects a, reflects a lack of serious scholarship on yeah. Everybody's part that would say that. So there's a book. Uh, David Fitzgerald wrote a couple of books. Great books. Jesus Mything in Action. I mean, I'm still up in the air about the whole thing. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm about more. Is he the was he a magical person? Did he come up with the ideas? Were these really his words? I mean, we really don't know. Thirty years later, the dude never wrote anything down. Dude only traveled around and said a bunch of things. How do we know with all these different versions and variations? It's so difficult to know if this is even factual. So. It's no, not. there's 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 a there's a lot of stipulation in there, a lot of plagiarism throughout the uh, the years and the centuries, and, 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 and there's a lot of things to look at. Hundred percent. So you have I'm up in the no air. idea what you're talking Richard, about, Richard. I'm up in the air, so we can let David Fitzgerald and those others battle it out and duke it out. Um, well, you know, I'm I'm just telling you that that you have no idea what you're talking about, and I'm not saying that to be mean. I appreciate I that, Richard. Disrespectful, but that's. That that's my wheelhouse. Of course. And I'm, I'm telling you that I would not believe something that I didn't think was true. And I certainly wouldn't believe in a Jesus that I had not verified lived historically. And um and that's that's not even really a debate. That is not a scholarly debate. No one in religious scholarship, not just Christian, but religious scholarship, no one that has an earned degree from a, a university that's worth their salt would say that would doubt the historicity of Jesus. Cool. I don't know either way. Like I said, still up in the air. Don't know. So that makes well, this me has been fun. wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. So I'm just curious. One last thing I did want to talk about before we left real quick was the um, the Canaan. Canaan. Um, now, as far as was it, what brought me into that? Canaan, the promised land. Oh, was it stolen land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why would Yahweh um, have his people go back into Canaan and kill everybody that was there, kick them out, just so his people can go back in there. Where's the logic in that? Why, why not make a whole place for them or, I don't know, send in a plague to move everybody out or just like cause an earthquake so that everybody leaves? Why, why send in your army to slaughter a land that well, was already occupied? That's a really good question. 
um, since by your example, um, Steve Irwin is is really who should we who we should be worshiping? Oh, um, I'm okay I think I think let's do it. I think that I think the answer would go above your head, to be honest with you, because I don't think you'd accept it. Not that you're not smart, but I'm saying I don't think that you would accept the answer. Um, but um, what's the answer? The answer is related to to idolatry. It's related to the people who occupied the land that were idolatrous, uh-huh. and um, that that God was executing judgment on idolatry that's that's the answer whether you accept it or not that's that's the well, biblical answer well so do they deserve to be slaughtered is my real question here so because they well, who were makes that determination idolaters well if steve Irwin was making that determination he wouldn't slaughter them what if steve Irwin found out that you liked jeff corwin more than steve Irwin? what would steve Irwin do would he slaughter your kids would he send an army after you no he wouldn't it's not something he would do. He's a rational human being. I think a good person, or was a good person. But well, I Yahweh, think part of your problem Yahweh comes is that in. you are you are judging God by a a a skewed um, a, a skewed measurement or, or standard. And I've already kind of beat that horse to death yeah. about what you determine okay, is though. good and what is not good. But anyway, so would it be possible before hmm. we get off of this for me to say a word or two about? Um, about finding Washington. Absolutely. That's it's how we close the show, as a matter of fact. So thank you for your answers today. Why don't you tell the folks at home where we can find your stuff and describe that book again, go ahead. Yeah, so it's just a book about George Washington, book about um, some of the good things he did. And uh, I include a chapter about uh, the most heinous thing he's ever done, he ever did, and uh, how we should view that. And um, I write about the virtues he displayed, what we can learn from that, and uh, why we need a revival of those virtues in our culture. We need to be nicer to each other. Uh, mm. We need to be um, able to do what you and I are doing without running back to our tribe and demanding that the other side be uh, somehow um, labeled as as the enemy. We certainly don't need a president to you know, go on TV like, like um palpatine and declare Mm. 74 million people terrorists Mm. right so we need we need more virtue in our society not less we need when you and i go to the ballot box we need to think about integrity before we think about party i think we need to teach our children how to um, serve those around them and i think we need to instill hope in the next generation and so that's really what the book is about thank you for that i just want to say that i i do believe you know the, the Biden speech was was a was a was a divider, but at the same time, you can't just sit quiet. You have to say something. Somebody has to stand up and say something. You can't just let them just be idiots without somebody saying. Yeah, hey, I don't. Well, I don't. Those think people. That, I don't think he should have right. called seventy four million people. You know, but it. Did he call you know, them terrorists out loud? I don't remember the word terrorist in there. I think no. That's just kind of the. the yeah, the, I think it was semi-fascist or something the, like that. Yeah. On the speech, I think that yeah, that's what it was. I, I think the problem he has with his administration is that um, the people who are writing the speeches spend their time on Twitter and think that Twitter reflects the <laughs> majority of. That's American a whole other topic. Thinking and I'm not sure it does, but. Um, Thank anyway. you, Richard. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. I love it. I hear appreciate you, but thanks for letting me come on. I appreciate it. Thanks. Where for can the, we find your stuff? Though? I don't think you plugged it yet. Where, where can we find it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, anywhere online books are sold, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, 
Um, what I'm recommending that people do is if they really want to buy the book, just call their local bookstore and say, hey, can you get this book for me and support their local bookstore? Um, I like bookstores and I like books. And so, um, but you can get it anywhere online books are sold. That's a good idea. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate your time, man. Take care. All right. Talk you have later. a great evening. That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? wasn't on you're so lucky ah <sighs>